0: All right, yeah, I got it now. Boarding now. All right. Mm. So, um,
1: my mic is trying to leave me. Yeah. Huh, like everything else.
0: Oh. That's, oh, that's yeah. so sad. <laughs> so yeah, like I'm I'm pretty good up on this mic, so I I'm loud.
1: And uh how about me?
0: Yeah, you're good. I have given you a little more bass because you're such a. You have the doll baby, baby voice. talker. Yeah.
1: That's why um, people say I have a baby voice, but then they follow it with, you'd be great for a sex phone.
0: Hell. <laughs> 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 yeah, it does vary between uh, uh, the high-end, like, kind of sweet It depends on if I'm
1: trying to get something from you. Mm. Or if I'm serious, it's like this. But if it's like, Curtis... Can I get a ride down the street?
0: I don't fall <laughs> for that stuff. <laughs> you um, guys will stick, stick with it. Put, keep keep the bass in your voice. But you're going to have to get closer to that microphone. I
1: don't like to get very close I to know. Things. Do you want
0: to pad? Yeah. <laughs> I see that we got. there's a subtext here. Yeah. Are we going to be talking about uh, yeah. themes um, and relationships?
1: Yeah. What's it when you have to commit to something?
0: Yeah. Commit-phobe? Fear of commitment. Yeah. You know, I, what does that mean to you? You know, it's one of those those expressions that we throw around. I uh,
2: don't know. Because
1: lately I feel like I d- everything I've known about relationships have <laughs> gone out the window. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Try I and define
0: that expression.
1: Well, as of right now, I'm probably classified as that. Uh-huh. Because I like won't go that route ever again, really, unless right. it's like super is the one and there's no ever doubt I mean last time you remember I broke up with someone you know and while he smashed 12 string guitars out my bedroom window I was hitchhiking rides yeah. up to New York with you and Patrick
0: Well you were so, very young then Yeah
1: but it didn't phase me it didn't right. get me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't see it but it, my path of destruction of boys but so now I've realized that I am going to be a commitment foe because it's painful. Hold on one second. What, Olive?
0: Yes. So it's not really the commitment that you're afraid of. It's the end of the commitment <laughs> that you're afraid of. Like, yeah. now you're...
1: Yeah, actually, maybe that is it. Yeah. I c- it, it's the risk. i uh-huh. I just don't trust.
0: Right, right. So it's the risk of, like, uh, the thing that we're going to... If you
1: find the phone, out. Olive, you can use it.
0: it. You know, what it's meant to me li- lately is that it's deciding when my delusion or my fantasy or my imagination tells me that i have lots of choices and and, and to just settle like pick one and go with that mm-hmm. you know to like mm-hmm. say okay this is going to be the only person that uh, is going to be in my life like this and i'm going to have sex with that I, that's going to be s- uh, we're going to be stuck yeah. so i'm afraid of committing i'm afraid of picking yeah I'm afraid because there's too many choices right sort so of. it seems well
1: there's yeah. this uh, concept that i was trying to explained to my recent that I don't I know you know who I'm talking about but there was like three authors and it was two girls and a guy. I think Anis Nin was uh-huh. was one of the girls right. and I can't remember.
0: Henry Miller? Yes, uh-huh. and Ju- June June, yeah. His, who who wasn't really a writer but claimed to be.
1: Yeah, a writer. so their relationship to me like Henry and June, they were committed.
0: Right.
2: And
1: no matter what happened throughout their lives, they knew no matter what like they were going to be forever bound Mm -hmm. and so even if henry did leave for france for six months or a year and she was still like it doesn't matter and once you know that that person's never gonna go and no matter what happens right then you feel free to like fully love them and not only that but i had learned that from my ex he said that initially and i was just like no you have to prove your love you know you have to do things to make them love you but his point was No, if you just know it's solid and for real forever, then you feel free to like do best, you know, good things for them all the time, whatever.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, there seem to be two sides of that coin. Like, there's the person that you know requires a certain demonstration of it, and then once you've made the demonstration, uh, you know, they're cool with that, and they're like, okay, that's enough. You passed the interview, or yeah. And then there's the person who is just secure. And just says, like, w- whatever you do out there or whatever, I'm just I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to trust you. I'm not even going to wor- think about it. Yeah, I'm not even going to worry gonna about, about it. You know, if you want to pull some shit, that's on you. You're not, like, violating my trust or whatever. Well, now, whatever. what you're just kind
1: of person are you then? Because you're talking like you're the kind of relationship person that I'm...
0: I'm not I- any of them. Well... I'm there's two <laughs> different kinds <laughs> okay, right, let me right. show you there's two different
1: kinds of people right you know people who I like Elvis that, and people who I? like the Beatles no yeah it, there's yeah, two yeah. different kinds it's people that their partner does their life with them they are they play music together or they make movies together right. or there's the the couple that they both do their own things and they get together and eat shit and sleep together
0: yeah they've recognized that they're a set yeah and it doesn't matter i've always romanticized that idea and i define no, it no i need that right
1: that i mean i need it together yeah if you're not a part of my big real life my yeah. big picture a
0: collaborator a, par- you're a partner, not the partner one. in crime right yeah i've always romanticized one. that and i used to actually even like that the rolling stones in that song the song is called tumbling dice Right, mm-hmm, yeah, and, and it's this metaphor of like gambling and love, and yeah, yeah. And it d-
1: is a gamble.
0: Yeah, and I and I had this girlfriend at the time. Like the first time I kissed her, we were listening to that song in a bar in, in oh New York. So man. You know, it's all the romantic shits in, right. the, in place.
2: And for right, Valentine's
0: Day, I gave her a pair of dice that I bought in a deli, like mm. a uh, whatever. And I said, you know, this is us. Like we're both like dice. We're a cup. We're a pair. Mm-hmm. One. You know they they they're better together. Dice, you have more options. Yeah. You know, and they show different faces. Can you know, add it can up to more. A six and a three and all yeah. this kind of shit. I didn't say all of this, but yeah, yeah. But you know that's how I was thinking of it is that they show different faces, but they're a set. You know, yeah. and like recognizing that they're a set. Um, I I'm saying I'm not currently either one of those things because a I'm not in a relationship, and b I'm in transition from being the very possessive, insecure kind of controlling type do
1: you think that's equal that's parallel if you're a super jealous person of your mate then you're insecure because i'm oh I'm yeah wondering that because i'm a super jealous person which i would hate to think that i'm like super insecure too well,
0: so. insecure is a is a a, a concept that, that has new nuances to me now i used to think of it as like george costanza you know the neurotic guy who is just kind of a mess right yeah but now i see it more as like as for after i've moved around and like lived in different places and had mm-hmm. to start over and, yeah. and, and and what that does to my psyche it's like the idea of a boat right like a boat that is anchored is secure the boat is in place right yeah. you know yeah and without any anything like that without anybody steering it or without you know it being tied to a dock or being anchored or whatever it is not secured so oh, for, it's for whatever reason, re- right? So it's really buffeted by it a lot doesn't of. Doesn't mean
1: shit. necessarily that you're just like a weak spirited person or weak minded.
0: But you are affected by a lot of things because you haven't found a center. You know,
1: truly. Well, the, I mean, one of the the great lessons of life, which I you know, would like to imply on my child, but her father fights me on it. But is to me one of the great lessons is to. Like you said, moving a lot, you're forced to deal with new situations all the time Mm -hmm. and make it work. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it does. It speaks to your spirit and helps you grow and helps you learn how to interact with other people, how to trust yourself, how to, you know, and be secure. Even Mm. if you are floating in the sea, the boat has no anchor, you're still confident that your boat's still gonna go, you know, right. it's still gonna stay upright. It's gonna float at least. Yeah. Yeah. And it can might even be fun, right. you know, like it.
0: And so, whether or not you're okay with that stuff, that even speaks to a bigger concept to me, which is like fear.
1: Oh God! Uh, don't even bring it up. I've <laughs> have had hours upon hours of thinking theories about fear in people's lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really, it's really like an intense thing.
2: It my is. landlady
1: told me that. I was like, I'm so afraid that we're not going to be able to pay the rent. And she, even my landlady, who's awesome, she said, girl, never be afraid. She's right. like, what's the worst could happen? You're not going to die because you don't pay me your rent. Mm-hmm. And it's
2: true.
0: But that, you know, what I've come to understand is like, okay, so as like fucking reptilian cortex type animals, fear is just one emotion for us. Right? Sometimes
1: might have saved your life, too.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That's what it's there for. (laughs) Yeah. To give you a healthy respect for a situation Mm -hmm. that might require you to proceed with caution, get the fuck out of there fight or flight, you know, you might mm-hmm. need to get in it to actually battle, mm-hmm. or you might need to t- take off, right? Yeah, yeah. And as an impulse, it's very, very b- basic animal thing, but us being you know, these higher brain functioning creatures that humans are, we take that feeling and we apply it to all kinds of situations that are not life or death, but feel like it, Everything. you know? It's not yeah. just within
1: <laughs> that instant. Right. Like Bobo, you know, the little humping dog, mm-hmm. he's such an animal, and he's fearless. Mm-hmm except when it Get comes on him on. immediately <laughs> right then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like he'll run up to a big dog and he won't be he won't fear anything until it's put right in front of him right. like, hey you should be afraid right now. And right. he looks, you know with his right. tail between his legs. But,
0: oh, but we like will animal. but conversely we will conjure things to be afraid yeah, of Yeah. We've we,
1: even taken it to a higher level.
0: <laughs> we will pull them out of our out of the ether, out of the internet. We I mean we'll just yeah. like invent something to be afraid of and, and part of that is like I mean, there's just, I, I don't know, there's no answer to all of these psychological things because there's chemical reasons why you might be feeling that way. And yeah. I mean, you look around yeah. yourself and you say, why am I afraid? Why am I feeling this right now? It's because of this. It's because my, my, my boyfriend or girlfriend is probably cheating on me or yeah, yeah, because the people afraid. at my job are out to get me or because my neighbors paranoid are going to rob delusions. me. Yeah, so you get paranoid. And, yeah. and, and that sense of security or insecurity can, is chemical. Yeah. Can't can't totally be chemical and diet and rest and <laughs> exercise. There's so
1: many, but there yeah. is like um, you know, some people in my life are just overthinkers. Yeah. They they latch onto this something that's bothering them, something that bothered them, and they just can't let it go and they think about it for months until they have to like go on you know, chemical balancing medicine because they literally drove themselves crazy. Yeah. I wonder if that's like dogs, like inbreeding when like you see like a crazy minpin because it's been inbred.
0: I, like well I, I, I do think it's, you know, a lot of insanity is is self-perpetuated and, and, and self-created, and it is a, an, an inward focus, and it's a self-focus. It's like being too concerned, at least that's what, you know, they learn in, in the secret society I belong to, is that the more you focus on the yourself, the more, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the more unhappy you're going to be. That, that, that yeah. the, the easiest... Most immediate release from that kind of pain is to think of others. Is yeah, doing something I for I read
1: something recently that said uh, the only thing, the only thing after you leave, your body leaves when you die, that will be left of you is the impact you made outward, mm-hmm. on how you affected other people. Right. And even the ground, the earth, they won't remember you when right. you're done. Only your memory and your actions. And how it affected other people is the, that's your legacy. Yeah, I mean that's people have known that I guess f- for the ages. That's why legacies have became legacies. But
0: well, like a lot of these great ideas, they don't uh, they don't have resonance with us until we reach a level of experience and maturity yeah. for them to mean something. Yeah, no, it's true. That and is
1: wisdom. I mean that's
0: right. And I was thinking that about y- you. I've known you a little while. You know, like twenty years. Would you say? Yeah. Or, or well, 15? when I, what, I was
1: eighteen and I'm. 35,
0: 34. It I was like 98 when I'm, I met you. and Yeah, a so long yeah, time. 15, 16 years. So, I mean, on, on the one hand, I think you're in a natural... Like, I would say, if I were to be assessing... You know, you're you're on a natural arc of, of being like... When I met you, you're 18, 19 years old. Mm. You can do whatever the fuck you want.
2: Yeah. And
0: the world is your oyster and there's no, the sky is the limit and th- it's a magical place full of no consequences and just... Like drifting and experiencing and living, which yeah, is. Yeah,
1: I wish I had recognized it at the time like that. <laughs> <They> always, <laughs> even even we always. we know, looking back, yeah. I know it is. Well, that's it what it looked like to me. And that's yeah. What, and, yeah. I, and,
0: and uh, you know, because I was 38. No, 28. 28 when I made it. Right, you, and, right. And I was just back from, like, you know, having gotten kicked out of new york yeah and i was back in richmond you know trying
1: to a crazy you know. experience life experiences in new york huh? mm-hmm.
0: and so i was looking at you and your sisters and that band and going now th- these guys are doing something i relate to and that i like and i really appreciate and it was a insp- life yeah it was insp- yeah. inspiring me um and i remember i was thinking about this driving over here that you know you were talking about you know taking the riding with me up to new york uh-huh. See Queens of Stone Age and then that going. That's so fun. Yeah, and see <laughs> <We'll> about <laughs> do that right now. <laughs> I am
1: in the mood, Curtis. Yeah, road trip. Hey, they're road playing, trip. aren't they? Too, uh, they're touring.
0: Well, they have an album coming out tomorrow.
1: Motherfucker.
0: I pre-ordered it on uh, iTunes. Right. Queens of Stone Age. Can I burn June it? 4th. Just kidding. This may not be <laughs> up on June 4th, so we'll be talking about this in the past. Oh. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you can. I, I actually, for one, I paid for something. I paid t- nine bucks to nice. download that. Good job. But uh, I was also thinking about when we were walking around New York that time, I was telling you about the sidewalk car. Like, yeah. everybody, you we, we get lined up so that there's, like you know, a front seat. With I two love people that. In it. <laughs> we were
2: really, like,
1: super blasted, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I have to pee, and Curtis won't pull over the sidewalk car. And <laughs> uh, you know what's even weirder is when on my way down, From, I guess I went to Boston after I left you, and then on to Montreal, then back down. And I met Danny Black in New York to try to catch a ride down back Mm -hmm. to Richmond. and. Who is that? Like, right around that time, there was that, like, weird, like, junkie MTV, like, VJ guy. Oh,
0: Jesse? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that was him. And uh-huh. Yeah, he won some contest to get on there or some shit, right?
1: Yeah, that's Be- how he yeah, became yeah. on there. And clearly, he was just an idiot wasteoid sort of in my eyes. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: he, I guess, Danny and I were walking down the street in New York, and he passed us and, like, tried to stop and engage us in conversation and was like pointing at me a bunch and I was like just kept going and was like, freak, you know, like get away, you weirdo. I don't want to talk to you. Like and Danny was like laughing at that stuff and I was like, Oh, you think that's funny, you know, like some freak? And he was like, You don't even know who that is, do you? <laughs> no, I had no idea. Oh. He tried to interrupt our sidewalk car.
0: <laughs> so what I what I was thinking about that when I was driving over here was that like right after that you Mm -hmm. Got on a Mm -hmm. Greyhound. You'd spent almost all your money drinking it in New York. No money. Oh,
2: my God. Well, I kept saying,
1: don't, don't spend all your money. I know.
0: So, like, you (laughs) got in a, I dropped you off at, uh, um, fucking Port Authority, and you got on Mm -hmm. a bus and went up north.
1: That was scary. There was, like, an alarm going off. Was there? Down, like, when I went down, 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 down. Mm-hmm. There was like an o- and it sounded like an emergency, and everyone was just normal walking around, but you could barely even hear anyone's voices, like it was that loud,
0: yeah,
2: like,
0: yeah, I don't like
1: new york <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it's scary. kind of a loud place, yeah, but so like I dropped you off there, and like at this point, I wasn't drinking, but I was smoking a fair amount of weed, so yes. I was like hyper uh, sensitive to this many yeah. things, and I
1: remember you driving that big ass car,
0: yeah, uh-huh. the oldsmobile yes,
1: yeah, and
0: I I, uh, I dropped you off there, but I had no way of getting contacted you after I dropped you off there, and mm-hmm. you just went up north. You
1: had no cell phone,
0: right? We didn't mm. have those then. It was bef- I pre- can't cell even phone. fathom right now, right? like
1: that we would do that. And I don't I do think
0: them. you had email, and it's not like you would go into a cafe no. and. Be there was
1: no way for anyone to find me. No. So
0: I, you know, I called Angie because I was just worried about you, and mm-hmm. like I was like, so I mean, you know, I just wanted to know. She's you like, you. she's fine. Okay. Yeah, she even laughed at me. Yeah. She just basically <laughs> didn't even answer that. She like, <laughs>
1: yeah, this she's is fine. the girl who. Let me, you know, fly into London, and she hitchhiked from Ireland to come meet me in London, and I'm 15, and we walk out the airport and just start walking, you know, to London or, like, into the city, and you're trying to get to Camden Town, and she just throws her pack down and says, okay, you go up, go up and get us a ride, and... Um, meanwhile, she said, like, later, like, recently, she's like, yeah, I didn't think you were actually going to do it, but I did. I just went up there and my, hitched her by with a cop. The cop picked <laughs> us up and drove us into town. And they were awesome. They were sweet. Like, Well, I so remember... she, of course, was like, whatever. She'll be fine. Didn't you
0: also, like, just... She was in Germany or something, and you just...
1: After we had gone back to Ireland, and then we went back to we went to Reading back to England to do the f- Reading Festival, and then she met a boy that gave her scabies. Ooh. To go, she hitchhiked up to Scotland, and I hitchhiked down to Germany, and she met me eventually.
0: And oh. gave us all scabies. Okay, nice. What? The way I remember this story is that you were here, and you were st- you were like a teenager. L- uh, living in wherever you guys are originally from, North Carolina or Tennessee, Or you guys? Maryland. Maryland.
1: Really? Outside D.C., like oh. 20 miles outside D.C. I didn't know that.
0: So I, didn't. I thought you were uh, the Yankees. Huh? Rockville. Kinda. Above the Mason Dixon line. We are above the Mason Dixon, the f- though. Rockville, really? That's where Aaron Sue is from. You know. Because
1: my mom's from Chicago, my dad's from Pennsylvania, so we are all like, we're yeah. Yankees.
0: Yeah. But in I remember heart. the story being like, she was over there and you just dropped everything and jumped on a plane and went to find her but you guys actually went over there together no no she
1: left years before she had a DUI and she just dipped the day before her court she dipped out and went to Spain I think she was 18 and she hitchhiked and traveled all around for two years and then my dad just at one point was like I can't live with you and your mom you have to either go to a dude ranch in Texas or go see your sister in Ireland and I was like duh Ireland so literally, my mom just like took me up to BWI, and I had a duffel bag and an air hitch ticket and fifty dollars cash. Wow! And so she just let dropped me off at the airport and said, "Good luck, baby." And she's like, "If you don't get on, just wait; they'll let you on."
0: So that kind of—I mean—that kind of fearlessness comes pretty naturally to most of us when we're young, right? Because yeah. we're not going to die; <coughs> it's impossible. Well, so right? no,
1: I remember back, and I was scared. <clears throat> yeah, I was scared. It was scary. I had to do it, though.
0: See, my impression of you and knowing, you know, when I first met you and knowing you most of the time is that fear doesn't enter into what you're doing. I've always a seen... show, maybe. Yeah.
1: Well, it's sort of that thing, like, when you're in the moment, if you're, like, someone's bleeding to death, you react a lot more confidently. If mm-hmm. you're thinking about what I have to do, if someone's bleeding to death, you're like, oh, this is horrible.
0: Right, right. When,
1: when you're in the moment, you're like, I just have to do it. You know, put your head down and bulldoze.
0: And that is a lot... I mean, a lot of that fear stuff that we were talking about before is, like, you know, when you're... Uh, Right. If you're like getting all you know in anxiety about something happening, it is usually that feeling is way worse than when the thing actually happens. Mm. There's some you know you actually kind of like you You have have a pretty most yeah yeah that's really where the majority of like torture comes from. So the
1: mental torture.
0: Yeah, and so true. I mean, that stuff can be. I think it is, of course, it is made up of brain chemicals and it is brain chemistry and shit. But the yeah. thing is, I honestly believe that can change through, you know, opening yourself to other ideas and different you disciplines. You can control it, yeah. yeah. And, and some yeah. of it is recognizing that you can't control it, but you can control these other actions that will change it.
1: Will change it, you yeah. know?
0: And uh, I don't believe in the medication thing. I mean, I really think no, that, like, oh No, I know that the brain it just is. Just
1: masks it.
0: Right, and it makes it worse in a lot of cases, you know, or it creates another pathological situation. You don't work things
1: out, which then becomes solid things in your body, which are cancer. Yeah. In my theory, anyway. (laughs) Speaking
0: of cancer, I was just reading today that Michael Douglas's throat cancer came from HPV virus.
2: Whoa. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It wasn't caused by smoking, it was caused by... Good (laughs) God.
1: Uh, my brain is like racing of all the things of so <laughs> how that
2: got in there and <laughs> if I he's have it. He's he was very
0: uh explicit about how he got it I know yeah, right? I'm editing this sure. because of the presence of alcohol. You Olive know my
2: tongue looks like
1: um Gene Simmons. <laughs> you know I'm good like that. So
0: uh yeah I've heard I mean I
1: you don't personally I don't personally
0: know. I've heard you talk about it yes and something uh-huh. about it. you you also as a vivid story about how you've been you were working out your uh, either the stretch of your fingers that, you know, on a keyboard being related to uh, a certain kind of handling that, uh, you know, the male version of the shocker, I think. you Oh,
1: work. right. Wait, I faintly <laughs> remember that conversation. I got
0: better at reaching the keys on the piano. Bro, yeah. Or I can't, vice versa.
1: That's sick. <laughs> I'm never going to play the keyboard the same again. Now, Great. Do you know this keyboard... Um, Chris milk.
0: Uh-huh. I You bought that from him?
1: No, I literally just took it from him. You took it from Yeah, I don't know if you ever wanted it back, but I've been playing on the camera like this super fancy keyboard and uh-huh. I just and while I understand the karma, like one of my funnest things is to get a new instrument and a manual and like get on the couch and that's like my evening but and it's so fun to play, but I literally just can't stop going back to chris's little crappy casio here yeah
0: it's it's got all the automatic stuff like the thing right? is, is i
1: can run it through my different processors and it's fine but the karma the processes are are in there and they're harder to control
0: is it also digital yeah yeah, yeah they're yeah. both digital
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: well it's, i'm actually interviewing Maybe. chris uh thursday I think well, if he actually doesn't flake tell out, him that
1: he can't have his keyboard back. I'm, yet.
0: Not, he, I'm not even going to mention it because then he'll want it if he remembers that you have it.
1: Oh, he can ask me for it, but he's not getting it he yet.
0: Either, so it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> Till I find a new keyboard that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. What? Um, in the hospital. Overnight? Yeah. Is Dad going to get you still? He doesn't
2: know, so
1: we have to speak. Okay. All
2: right.
0: Who's in the hospital?
1: Her dad's fiancé had a seizure last night. Isn't that horrible?
0: Wow. Yeah, that is terrible. Mm. Oh my God.
1: I hope she doesn't have like epilepsy or something.
0: She,
2: dad's
1: like all really like, five in her <gasps> on, like tons of her eyes. Oh, oh, man. Wow. That's scary. So this
0: dog mm-hmm. is really being sweet over here.
1: Yeah, he's the slut. Like whoever comes over, he's like besties with immediately. So but no, you're special too. Yeah. Oh, you're
0: not saying not that the dog is not. We <laughs> I mean, don't feel okay. not special. Well, I appreciate that you're not humping me because a lot of dogs feel it since I'm such a big dude. They he's have to show monogamous. dominance and I- with that blanket, huh?
1: He's monogamous. <laughs> it really is. He <laughs> got a whoo that you. F- and if anyone oh. else touches her, it, it, including the other dogs, he gets very upset.
0: Oh. You're a one whoopee puppy. She's so, Blanky. So what are you working on right now? Tell us a little bit about, uh, is it Bony Legs? Is that what you call it? Or is it Baba Yaga? Oh, God. It. What is it was it?
1: Bony Legs. And then it turned into Living White Chapel Blue. And then for like two seconds, for one show, it was called Fizzledove. And I just can't decide. It's really become an issue for me, just mm-hmm. deciding the name.
0: Uh-huh. The songs are always the same. and it's No, they
1: change all the time, too. Yeah. Like, the last four songs I've written in this past week are all, like, a... I wouldn't say they're totally different, but I'm definitely... It's changing. I think I might just be, like, finding my niche a little bit. But, nonetheless, it needs to come, like, soon. Because the only... You know, my family is is a, a great family of overthinkers. We yeah. are, we're we are those people. And mm-hmm. we, are, we are grudge holders mm-hmm. and... Even though I'm considered to be like the great forgiver, which is horrific because I'm a horrible grudge holder.
0: You're not as bad as Angie.
1: No. No, no one's as bad as Angie. (sighs) She'll be the first to tell you. But why did I start telling you that? Oh, because the the overthinking. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, while I like to self-torture myself by overthinking about every little thing that maybe I'm afraid of or I regret or whatever... The only thing that can stop it is the idea of I can play my... I, somehow I can be playing my music as what I'm supposed to be doing for the rest of my life.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that I'm like, oh, phew. You know, and thank and God that, that's there. And
0: that is... A, you, you feel the need that you need to commit to one yeah. thing, one name, one project. But, I mean, there are lots of musicians that uh, they have a it's bunch of different names name. for the same yeah, shit, right? that's who I am, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I don't know, like... Danger Mouse. I mean, you do different things under different names, right? Aren't there other yeah. other DJs, Tricky other bands? I don't know.
1: The people. That's what I'm saying. I just need to pick one title that someone can refer to me all the time.
0: Or maybe w- why not have the mystique Everything. and have like yeah you can re- release stuff under the different names.
1: Yeah, I've been changing it. I mean, that's what I have been doing: just changing it, changing it, and it's hard to keep, no, keep a following when all. you're starting.
0: Keep them all. Just like this is this is I'll one just thing just over here. Add to them. Yeah, there's you have separately. three or four bands. You know. <laughs> but it's all me. Yeah, it's
1: all my different personalities.
0: Yeah, why not? It's all my different. That way you days. don't have to choose. Yeah. You know, I'm really into that. Like it, you know, it's
1: true. It's true. Um, my father once told me who you know in my eyes is a completely brilliant person, man, mm. and and really mentally sound. All his little pieces of wisdom I've lived by, and he told me once that humans m- will be most happy, happy will be happiest when they have choices
2: mm-hmm. if mm-hmm.
1: If you're told you have french fries for lunch and that's all you have, suddenly all you want is fruit. You know, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. don't, you can't even fathom eating a French fry. But if you're like, you have fruit, and a burger, or blah, 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 mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you know, like, that's good. Thanks for the Even if you
0: do wind up going with that thing that... that yeah, that you'll <laughs> go with
1: French fries, even though that's what, as long as you chose it, you don't feel like, you know, you were forced into mm-hmm. it.
0: And, you know, I don't know because I'm not from any other culture other than America, but mm. one of my favorite thinkers uh, uh, philosophers whatever you want to call him joseph campbell you know the power of myth guy mm-hmm. you know him he said that's a particularly western and particularly american thing yeah. is it like you know we're given all of these choices and yeah. and like you know he's he, he did an example of like well little johnny do you want chocolate or vanilla i want strawberry yeah you know?
1: yeah it's like god damn it just be grateful for the damn chocolate yeah yeah, yeah it's true
0: it's, it's something true. that's built into us and, and it yields all of these great things that. Well, it
1: w- represents freedom.
0: Right. You're but not it also being represents suppressed. a big ego, and the bigger the ego, an ego being like, it's about me and what I want. Yeah. You know th- yeah. Th- that is going to be at a- adverse like correlation or whatever.
1: You have to find like that. Uh, like many things, it's a very fine line that you can walk. You know, at what point should you not worry about? The choices and just be grateful for the chocolate ice cream or at what point do you need to say no you're suppressing me and this is really not what my heart wants. That's, you a, know? R- like, that's a
0: real good qu- oh the puppy's in my lap.
1: Yeah he'll maul you like that he just is going to take it the best way to do it with him and this could speak to a lot of things in life <laughs> it, he wants to be around you and you yeah. can't force him to lay down you can't anything but if you just let him lay down you'll see he'll find a comfy spot that's bo- best for both of you but you just gotta let him do it
0: I see what has happened here is at first he was licking my toe and I was completely ignoring him and that was <laughs> that it that it was enough right enough there when I mean, he came around the corner and stuck his head over here and I started petting him and
1: he's being so dismissive and then I stopped that
0: and he got Got up on this stage <laughs> and like jumped over into my lap. This he's is,
1: not dumb. This is
0: very cat like behavior. I hate to tell it. No, tell he's you that. a strange There's animal. See, watch, here he goes. Well, He'll uh-huh. find a spot. Yeah.
1: He'll find a way for you both to coexist. Happily. I wish you all could
0: see this. This is the dog laying across my thigh. But notice, my legs cross, the head he's is always staring at me. Yeah. Oh, well, and it's because you're looking at me. That's why he's, yeah, at, he's in the middle of this thing. I have your um, attention. He's going
1: to fall asleep now on your leg, on your ankle, even.
0: S- so. Wh- wh- where were we? Just talking about uh, hmm. choice.
1: Uh, too many choices, but then suppression. If you have too many choices, then you're suppressed. Oh, oh
0: I know. The so fine line. I've just watched these two uh, Noah Baumbach movies. One of them is Frances Ha. That just came out. still in theaters. And hmm. it's about a 27 year old woman living in New York, you know, full of like, this is, you know, writing her story with her best friend, her and her best friend sharing an apartment. I mean, it, it's it's a cliche y- right. you know, of, of young people going to New York and <coughs> they're gonna they're gonna be stars, they're gonna be famous. Sewing their fuck wild yeah, out, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, it's very apparent that she's just a n- not gonna be that, you know, gradually like it's just not lining up, you God, know.
2: That's so depressing. And
0: yeah. <laughs> it was painful <laughs> It
2: speaks too, too close to
1: home.
0: <laughs> but this is about you know, you were just talking about being grateful for the vanilla. You know, and not getting to choose is that, you know, that's the arc of, you know, of the story for her mm-hmm. in this, is that she doesn't get to do initially the thing that she wants to do. And she did c- to
1: choose her fate?
0: Well, I mean, she gets offered something and initially she's like, fuck that. I, I want to be a dancer. I don't yeah. want to be the person who works in the office of the dance company. But
1: Gotta start somewhere.
0: Which she'd already started as a dancer, and she wasn't good uh, enough, and they, you oh, know, well so she hmm. had to get dropped out of. And I, I'm giving this as a spoiler. Uh, no, whatever. But who knows? Spoiler. It'll take me forever to get this up on. And then who <laughs> d- who's going to listen to it? Don't yeah.
1: forever. Shake a leg, mama.
0: I Well, I'm going to do three of them, and then I'm going to put them up. Mm. But uh,
1: they well, should do one at a time because people are going overwhelmed with choices. But how? Do
0: you <laughs> well, they don't have to choose. They could just listen to all of them whenever all they get around to it. But uh, one favorites. at a time. But. All at the same time, this idea of the fine line between being complacent and resigned to your possibilities in life, mm-hmm. or saying in a kind of a Taoist way, "Hey, this is the way it's going," all right, and I've been go putting, with it? yeah, I've been putting all this energy into something that's not going to happen hmm. for me, okay, and let the universe oh. instruct me that this is what I can do, and then you know she ends up like choreographing her own piece and yeah, telling her own little story. I and
1: can't. I can't ever ever let go i will never let go of the thought that if you want something keep going or die trying yeah i because if that's not real i can't do this Mm -hmm. you know i Mm -hmm. don't want to if you can't get whatever you are aiming for or die trying yeah yeah, that you really it's it's an honest thing you know not like I want to, you know, kill all the Jews in the world. I don't, you know, that's horrible. But if <laughs> something in your exam- heart or uh-huh. some, you know, something pure and intent, and you can't get it, if if you're supposed to just settle for what? I mean, that makes me almost like want to throw up and go slit my throat right now. Well, that's sad. Although communism, I mean, I did say to someone at the flea markets that I've been doing <laughs> lately, <laughs> you meet the strangest people at the flea markets, boy. But Really good conversations. Um, we are talking about how you know, this network, oh, all these people are laid off. That's why people are at the flea market, you know. It's right. And oh, so many people that have been laid off, and they and we said, you know, why can't people just do jobs that they are meant to be doing? You know, like people are working at. Altria, but really they're supposed to be working with animals. That's really there, but they mm-hmm. they they did the thing that they said. Like you go to school, you get a good job, and you buy a house, and you'll be good. We promise you, if you right. follow this equation, you're gonna be right. And it's like so many people, almost everyone I know is laid off or severely depressed and unhappy. Their house isn't worth what they want, even if they want to refinance, they're screwed. They're stuck with it, or they get their credit screwed, which is all ghost money anyway. Right. But then it, it's. So why can't we all just? I mean,
0: money is ghost money. Yeah,
1: no, it's all. <laughs> I've been lately, been like, how do I tap into this ghost money? Like, yeah. I work in real money.
0: Yeah, but it discuss, is. Because like, I owe
1: sixty thousand. I'm like, but they never gave you sixty thousand. Right. Why right. would you owe it to them?
0: Right. It's usury. That's but what that's
1: so that's. But then, w- the farther we got in that conversation, like, why can't we all just do what we're meant to do? But then we realized that that's communism.
0: But <laughs> no, that I mean, it isn't. Though I mean, cause see, that's I guess the way I see it now is that w- we have gotten particularly invested as Americans and Westerners in this idea that we're supposed to be that the only fate that counts is the one that we pick for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And the American dream, right? But but before you even know what you want you have to be instructed and taught something about the basic framework of like what is out there to do or choose or whatever mm-hmm. and s- so like for me that's just still continuing like I'm I'm open to being it's presented it's other things that i stop might really right i mean this is something i want to do i like to talk i like to listen to people talk i like to mm-hmm. know about other people's stuff and i want to record this and curate this This is one thing should you do old people mm-hmm. because
1: oh. their stories are going to be gone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like yeah. when they go you're,
0: well, you're going to be old one day too
1: you're my <laughs> i can't wait i'm actually olive calls me earl earl gray because i'm early gray
0: that's no. no, not that <laughs> early, <laughs> early
1: gray your microphone makes you look like you have a big black mustache. Yeah. Does mine? Is mine right at that?
0: No, yours is but not in the way oh, at all. Like, shit. um, but uh, this, I mean, and, and like, I don't have a problem with. I, I just never was one of those people. I didn't have a specific dream and, and a specific thing that I wanted or had to do. And you
1: didn't see it clearly.
0: No, I mean, I've always been interested in uh, various things, but like, I'm much more into being. You know, blown around mm-hmm. by uh, opportunity, and more and more. I used to always yeah. say, maybe this is a cop out. It's very possible it is, but it's where I'm at now. I used to say, look, I, y- you know, a surfer can't make the wave; he can just ride it. Yeah. You know, and, and like not
1: only it, but learn to learn to control it. Right. So you have the, to I mean, practice, not the right? Not wave,
0: but learn to control the ride. Right. Exactly. That's the only thing you can That's do nice is analogy, be ready when yeah, the like wave that. comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe you'll be sitting there on that that fucking board for a long time on a flat sea, yeah,
2: so you know,
0: and and the other side of it is that you got to keep paddling out after you ride one wave, you There's know. There's going to be
1: another one, yeah. yeah and well, it's the yin and yang. It has to go up if it's going to come down. Exactly. It's got to go down if it went up.
0: Right. Fundamentally, there is no wave without trough. There is no light without dark. Mm-hmm.
2: The duality
0: of all of that kind of stuff, ups and downs, all that kind of, I mean, these things require each other to even have be defined. You Thank know, God so they're
1: there. What if we went through life without any of these?
0: Well, there would be nothing.
1: Emotions, it would be nothingness,
0: void form. I It'd think communism is trying to say that we have, and, and it didn't get right, realized this way because it just became a different form. Yeah,
1: of, uh, it got a negative to it. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, it became just another example of because uh,
1: rich people were like, no, sorry, we're supposed to be rich.
0: Well, no, they just they just did a Robin Hood in, in the way it was practiced. In, uh, yeah, yeah. They took from the rich and gave to the poor, and then the people who were right. in the party, just they, they still ensconced themselves in alpha positions and positions of power and influence, and they used jargon and bullshit talk, the just animal. like they do here about why they're doing it and whatever, but they mm-hmm. were just... Yeah, I mean, and that's why the book J- Animal Farm exists is because to some degree it's our nature to uh, organize are. ourselves that way. Well, some yeah. people
1: are bigger personalities and want to be heard and some people don't want to they do want to be told like i have a real problem with being told what to do by people i don't respect yeah if i respect you i have no problem fighting for you or working for you or doing if i like what who you are and what you're doing i'm great but if you're a jerk Mm -hmm. i it literally like i just can't Like, it just, words come out of my mouth, and I, like, try to cover my mouth, and be like, it's just,
0: that's why I'm unemployable. (laughs) Some relationships don't work like that. Yeah, and I mean, I've I've run into the same thing, is if I don't think you know what you're doing, then there's no reason (laughs) for me to listen to you. And I I just had that at my job, that the guy that, the guy who was the most adamant that I... Why are you filing
2: for unemployment?
1: Because I'm egotistical?
0: Yeah, yes. (laughs) Because I'm spoiled. Yeah. Uh, The guy that I was one of the guys i was working with knows nowhere near as much as i do about this organization right. and he's under the assumption that because he's in a, a higher position of authority that that means i got to listen to him and i'm like no to me that means you're on the hook for a particular part of this job but you don't know anything about the meat department at all yeah. and you've already demonstrated that so don't worry about what's going on in there unless there's a mm. problem you know, yeah. just let me handle it. And, and, like, you just need to be there to support me handling this system over and here. And watch but
1: and learn. Right.
0: But that's not the kind of guy he is. So, like, really, I just said, fuck this. I, I'm too old well for see this see, that, shit. that yeah.
1: comes with with finding peace. Of what We were talking about security. Mm-hmm. Like, finding peace within yourself. If you do need to back off and say, you're right, I don't know as much. Let me see. Yeah. That comes with being confident in yourself. Like... It's okay that you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. You do have to learn till the day you die, you know, yeah. where you're going to be learning. So.
0: Yeah, and I've accepted the fact that, um, that I'm is. not a leader. I mean, I am a leader in some respects, like, in that, like, maybe I am the guy that, like, if a bunch of people are on a camping trip and they're like, how the fuck are we going to do blah, blah, blah. I'm You'll like, I have an idea. Try. Yeah, yeah. But in these situations where, like, I'm, i am I got to be somebody's manager every day, I, day, mm-hmm. they're not picking up what I'm laying down. And I, like... Yeah, and, and I can do that. I can know, manage people,
1: I, and I feel like I only know why is because I've watched so many people be managers mismanage people.
2: Yeah, and so I can ju- I just see do. like,
1: wow, that is the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. to make that person want to do this job. Yeah, you're.
0: Totally. Right, but I mean, you know, some people can Blown hear it, it, it from some people, and they can't hear it from other mm-hmm. people. And I think I happen to be that person that you were describing as, a, you know, to the guys a word for me. Like, no matter can how nice I am to t- to them, and no matter what I think I'm saying and how I'm trying to motivate them, because I was just like them four years ago. I came into this organization at their level, making eight bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I know how you feel. I know what this job looks like to you right now. You actually say that? To me. Yes. Yeah. I was like, okay. but if if you trust me and. Because I would
1: respect that in a work environment, I'd yeah. be like, "All right, I mean,
0: yeah, but what they say me, to me they, you know, we don't like how you talk to us, and like, and, and I think just the assumption that I'm someplace above where they're at, that I'm somewhere further down the road than they are, that I'm at, I was once like you. That yeah. kinda, they that you start the sentence there, it's all over.
1: Yeah, you got words are tricky. Yeah, so, talking with people, you have to like very, very well. Some people you learn like for instance an ex-boss of mine it's actually several of them I feel like I had to word things you know I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of people even do this too uh-huh. that, so that the boss thinks it's their idea yeah yeah because if you by at any at any time you know they feel like you knew something better than them it's over you know mm-hmm. and so it's so it's almost like a survival technique you know Yeah. To it, learn how to talk to people how to
0: word people it's psychology and stuff but you know and also the other thing is I could be creative with figuring this out, but I reached a point where I don't give a fuck anymore, and I don't care enough to apply myself to this. I thought I
1: I screwed myself recently. I got hired on as an overhire at the Richmond Ballet, and they had only used me one day um, as like tech stuff, like taking lights down off the stage and stuff. They kicked my ass, and I'm actually working for them this Thursday, and I'm really scared because it's going to kick my ass. Still there? She's in the the uh, costume department, but um. I, at one point, they said something that they thought was shocking or something to me, and I was like, yeah, well, you just happened to find, like, the most apathetic girl in Richmond, you know, to <laughs> say it too. And he's like, apathy. And I was like, yeah, meaning I don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. And yeah. it really, it's, it's not that I don't give a fuck. Of course, my special things, you know, I would take a bullet for anything. Right. You know, I, but...
0: You're not invested in this. Uh, yeah, like yeah.
1: trust me, nothing you can say is gonna
0: related to the ballet. Freak, yeah, right? or
1: or you know, sh- sideshow freaks or girlfriends cheating. You know, nothing you can say right. is gonna shock me. And honestly, I really don't care. Yeah, like I'd, and I'm.
0: Well, is that that you don't care about other people in that situation, or you wouldn't even care if you were in that situation?
1: No, I just don't care. Like it's. You, I mean, if you found I out somebody like was
0: cheating on you, you would care.
1: That song is that all there is?
0: Uh-huh, if yeah.
1: that's all there is, it's like really that's all. Like that's <laughs> what it, this is. What it is because it's so not impressing me. Need more. I have to address Olive for a second. Can we take a little break?
2: Yeah. Uh, she's been
1: writing me notes here, dear mommy. You know what? I really need something sweet with sugar. <laughs>
0: that's if that's one the of the notes.
1: This is the note, yeah. <laughs> she needs candy. All right, we're going to pause right there. I sort of feel like I'm sick or something, mentally yeah. sick with the apathetic. Like, it's. Things got uh, too much that my reaction to it was that I just had to, like, snap and, like, not care. Yeah. Because if I don't not care, it's going to take things over.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that's. That's you kind of cut the cables to yeah. the uh, you know to that the, to those those senses and stuff so that you can cope, yeah uh, the thing is is like I guess that's how <coughs> I don't know a lot about psychology, but my understanding is that's where we get disassociative. Stuff from is that mm-hmm. you don't work through something you just kind of cut it off and you put it in this in this chunk yeah, over don't here. Yeah, I think
1: is right.
0: And then later on, it just keeps coming out of you when you get into a situation Ways that, tr- that you don't triggers even it know, yeah, t- right, because it's now disassociated from your conscious. You can't even <laughs> connection tell. Yeah. To it. Speaking of fear, uh, that just scared the shit out of me when I got busted uh, fucking with that guitar. It was frightening. Yeah. You were yeah. scared.
1: Did she yell at you?
0: No, she spoke very, very softly. But I have a healthy respect for all of you, Latham. Wimert, oh and, uh, yeah. I want no trouble.
1: There's no harm. There's no harm, done, geez. See, Me that's you know, another thing. I have to be like, I'm sorry, but that's. I don't care. Right. <laughs> like, not, not to you. Sorry that you have fear injected no, into right. your world. In my, in, within my world, but sh- you know, she can't let that upset people. You know, like, where yeah. the apathy comes in, it's too little for me to waste time with that.
0: Yeah. There's
1: too many other bigger things that I need to, like, actually care about.
0: Well, you know, I, I won't pretend to know the, r- the right way to handle stuff that's hard in life, but the thing that I keep hearing over and over again that resonates with me is that right you got to so. go through it. If you, if you don't go through it, then... You got to deal with it in some bigger well, you're not bogey, gonna learn from it. right? Right, it's and you're going to deal with it in it. some bogey form later.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so going through it, that then you acquire, you know, you build some calluses, or you, or you, you, you know, you build some muscle, or uh-huh. whatever. It, you know, it's part of the growing up, maturing, training process. Of life is just yeah. deal with shit. A long
1: time ago, when I was a um, heavy drug user in San Francisco um, as a teenager. I had, like, a realization one time that everything that's difficult for you, if you don't go through it, like, sort through it Mm -hmm. and actually walk through it and get messy and come out the other end, then, like, you're trying to get all these notches of almost, like, to enlightenment. Yeah. So by the end, you're okay to say goodbye, Mm -hmm. you know? Which it yeah. really is if you've let go of everything and don't have grudges and you're at peace, yes, you're gonna die, you'll be okay on your deathbed or wherever you are so but it's I'm basically enlightenment, you know like there's I a know. lot of
0: people that say that that letting go thing is what is you know what actually allows the consciousness to leave the body that like consciousness is existing in the medium of the brain and the neurons and the nerves and then and all of that kind if of shit you let in there go,
2: it's free to go if it can
0: let go of that it can exist in the uh in the, in the other matter of the universe it doesn't have to exist just in the electrical matter yeah. of the brain that it, it that, and so at that point of death you know they have all of these different you know, the book of the dead like it's the best deba- book of the dead is to talk you through that
2: mm-hmm. period
0: and like so you're consciousness doesn't want it's also supposed to get you into another body
1: that's what that i sort one, of feel you know? like it's it's like if you don't do this you're gonna have to do it yeah in the next time
0: right So no putting it off right? like uh,
1: that's like the yeah the age of souls you know when mm-hmm. i had gotten to ireland with my sister way back when uh, i was walking on the beach it was on the very west coast of ireland dingle was the little town fishing village and I had a dolphin that came in the bay. It was really cute and always hung out. But I was walking on the beach, and this lady, this old lady, was like, um, I was barefoot, and we were sit- sitting there looking, and she's looking at my feet, and she's like, Your feet are so old. It's so old souls.
0: So old souls. Literally. No pun intended. Old, old soul. souls. Yeah. Ah. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's all she meant. <laughs> this whole time I thought I was like an old soul. It was strange, though, because then she just laughed. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs>
0: Hey, no, it's okay for it to have uh, two so meanings. Somewhere my dad you know, is like somebody. cracking
1: up so bad.
0: <laughs> He's, he knew, he knew that a lot. humor. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, so...
1: So you have to age your soul. And I meet some people where I'm like, you're a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can just see it. And I'm not saying I'm like, well, I'm an old soul. But some it's like, wow, you really need to like come a long way and figure these things right. out. Right, and, and
0: anything other than that is denial. Right? Yeah. And, and like, so when you're denying something, you're saying, no, it's not there, That's it doesn't exist. one of exist. the
1: things they need to get over. Right. Like, they need to um, get over that to enlighten, like, a- acknowledge that enlightenment is a real goal for you in the big scheme of things.
0: It has practical applications. It's yeah. not this fucking uh, thing a of sitting in a, in a, a, on a floor in a monastery. There's yeah. no, no, it's got to do with how you actually function in the real world with real shit happening. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, lately, I get super fucking uncomfortable when I'm watching these movies like Silver Linings Playbook or these Noah Baumbach movies that are dealing with people that are, like, you know, disappointed or have lost on some level, like, coming out of mental institutions, like, uh, lives are fucked up, they're living with their parents, they're rudderless, they're facing the disappointment of their dreams, whatever, and, like, I'm sitting there, like, feeling like... Uh, like it, this pain in my chest of identification like I'm like oh that is oh yeah. that's me you know and, and that's me and like and it's really uncomfortable You're until I realize today that that's it's, that is a, a choice of, of mindset to see it that way and the more I actually willingly watch movies like that mm-hmm. and, and, and accept the fact that life throws you these things or life c- takes you in different you know directions
2: yeah.
0: how uncomfortable you are with that, it has to do with how attached you are to your own ego Scary and your own Scary to ego watch dream. it
1: because mm-hmm. the thing is, you're being you're watching that
0: and, and an you're an just being dropped position, right in right. it. I'm, and I'm also like viewing it from
1: yeah. You didn't live up into that moment. Right. You right. Ju- you're watching just that moment. You're like, oh crap! What am I going to do? Because you're putting yourself in that scenario.
0: Right. And I start going, okay, am I uh, really like I'm in? De- am I in denial of the, the fact that I'm in one of these situations mm-hmm. that like. I've just quit my job. Uh, I don't have that much money, and I'm fucking 43 years old. I don't have anything around me, you know, indeedo, like whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, other people have worked for all that stuff, like you're talking about before, just to yeah. have it ripped away from them yeah. by the stock market. So There's nothing does, I know that doesn't board, mean anything. Yeah. But there is a delusional aspect to deciding, you know, um, that you're not going to worry about that stuff, you're just going to do what you want to do. It can be delusional, or it can be freedom. And, and what I realized from watching these movies and making myself watch Greenberg right after watching you Francis Ha, and, and that I have to face this, and that I have to accept the fact that that's one possible interpretation of my life right now, and so fucking what?
2: Yeah.
0: So what? If who I, cares? I, who it? cares if the entire uh, community that I live in thinks oh that I'm God, a failed fucking... Oh my God, you got it fucking, too. The <laughs>
1: apathy, I swear. It's like... But I'm not it apathetic.
0: I'm excited. No, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this. I know with you, what you're saying, but,
1: but I'm I'm excited for things right. too. Like right. I said, like the only thing I think about things, and it relieves me, and I'm like, oh, thank God I have that. I'm so excited to play music. Right. But you don't care anymore enough. Well, you've to got your
0: you've changed your priorities. Yeah, I maybe think that's true. apathy just sounds it, like a you know? blanket statement that you don't care about anything, and you you are
1: selective dis- selective apathy right. syndrome. Yeah. S.A.S. Or you're detaching from
0: stuff that you recognize. It, it really has no power to affect yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, you know, that that's I need that's actually healthy. That to stop healthy. controlling
1: my life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's healthy. That's not that's not some evidence that like some part of you has gotten burnt out. Oh, like some good. circuit's gotten fried. I don't not see chemically it. Chemically
1: w- damaged?
0: No, you're not damaged. You're, you know, you're still going. I mean, we all got our, our cross to bear. Breakups are always uh, things that, no matter how mm. long co- in coming they were, or how much you want. I don't them, know. I
1: think I've been dubbed as damaged. Guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, then it, we all scars. Everybody scars is. And that's right. That's right. And Tell they have story. great stories. Yeah, Exactly. That's <laughs> I love what we're scars. doing here. We're talking about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, my, I've had a romanticized relationship with you as an ar- artist for, you know, most of the time that I've known you. You're one of the few people mm-hmm. that I, th- I think of as a pure artist, right? Like, there's a handful of people, and yeah. my uh, my definition of what an artist is, is somebody who really just does it because they really want to do it. They can't help themselves. they got to do it. Well, they, they just have the don't know own. any
1: other way. Mm-hmm. Like I told my mom before, this isn't a phase. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but...
0: When did it start for you? Like, I met you when you were a teenager, and you were, at this point, you were contributing to your sister and your friend's band, yeah. by, with just mainly your personality. Like, yeah, I don't think you were playing an instrument. You Which is
1: weird, because I started that band y- yeah. with the guitar, and my little sister singing Well, the concept of Ultra Bait
2: mm-hmm.
1: was, you know, started with, in San Francisco, actually. My sister, little sister, had just visited, and she was singing, and I was playing guitar, and we were like, we're Ultra Bait.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. This so was Caitlin and you? Yeah, yeah, she
1: was like 12, and I was fif-
0: and you were 16 or something. And you were playing guitar?
1: Yeah, in, in a warehouse uh-huh. in San Francisco, downtown. But then when Angie and I ended up in Richmond, we joked around like that, but then I took off to Boston with my boyfriend, and she sort of went on with it and took off and then in its own little John, ja- you know, the rest.
0: No, I don't know the rest. Why don't you tell me? I don't really well. know, i don't know how the band came together. I didn't even know that oh, you know.
1: It's sort of. I funny. dropped into it as you said. Yeah. We uh, we sort of we lived in a little tiny apartment on Boulevard. You know, those massive buildings with the six apartments. Yeah, yeah. And it was condemned. It got condemned while we lived in there. There was a massive blowout hole in our front porch. Like nice. It was a totally condemned building. Everyone moved out. Tammy actually lived across the hall. That's how we met Tammy because mm-hmm. Anne. She, um. You know, talks to Hand everyone, and and we would be like, she uh, played bass, and we were like, we need a little guitar in here, and we we're like, yeah, we're going to start a band called Ultra Bait, and girl, blah, 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 you know, tough girl armband, and everything like that was super cute, and Tammy got involved, and then I left, and I remember Ange visiting me in Boston, and... She had gone a little bit crazy. Like she I guess she'd stayed in the apartment building and the landlord was grateful for it because as long as she was there they couldn't fully condemn it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But meanwhile it was an abandoned apartment building and for at her. the very end of Boulevard, right by the lake, Fountain Lake. Like Oh, that end. Right, yeah, the second the sub- building in. Uh-huh. So it was scary it was- for her. She, and for a while she like blanketed out the windows and Went a little bit insane when she visited me. She definitely was like going somewhere in a strange direction. But then she got um, a job at Carey Street, so Carrie Street Cafe. Yeah, she lived hip- in the hippie bar. Yeah, where uh-huh. we both yeah worked for uh, ever, way too long. You worked there, yeah. I think I did like 14 years or something All the punk there. rock
0: kids working at the hippie what bar. What
1: was that? That was so fun. Well,
0: as I think Robin explained it, is we didn't want to watch the bands or... So we worked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, the right, or leave when there were festivals or whatever. So we were indifferent no, to that yeah, whole scene. Yeah,
2: so. it was a good scene. Yeah. And for a little bit there. For a oh, good work favorite. scene.
0: If I found myself out in public and I was in that level of fucked up where things were starting to get alarming, like I was too stoned or too drunk or... Mm-hmm. Something I was always, always knew I could go to Cary Street because everybody there was like that, and it was just very comfortable. Cary
1: Street <laughs> is a great family room feeling, yeah. The, the actual bar, like, and I still to this day when I walk in and see all the, my old regulars, they're all still there, and, yeah. and Robin and everything. It's like, wow, it still feels like my family room. It's awesome,
0: it's got that neighborhood, it's a thing. good
1: place, yeah. And Robin's a good girl, so. But so, it so it Angie started took working. Off. On. Yeah, they, they started making it more.
0: Who solidified. was in the band at that point? It was Angie and Tammy and. Nate. Nate.
1: I believe Nate Tabor, yeah.
0: Nate Tabor, really. Yeah, he. And he was he kind was of a one hippie one of type. Too.
1: Well, he probably, like you said, in my eyes, he's probably one of the true artists in.
0: Yeah, he, like, in makes the world. violins and shit. Yeah, now, now he, he does,
1: does, which is a pretty romantic fate
0: mm-hmm. sounds
1: like played out for him i like that for him i don't talk with him anymore so it's
0: well when i met, nice, him, I met uh, him a nice before fantasy
1: I'm to hear about like
0: right i met him before life. all of you guys he was staying he was like uh crashing with my upstairs neighbor in my first apartment which was one of those six stacked apartment buildings but I mine was know, on Monument,
1: when did you meet him
0: 91 or something like that. You okay. were like 11.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah, because I met him when I was 16.
0: Yeah, so, so he was, l- and at this point he had long curly hair and he was mm-hmm. like a Pat Metheny, like fancy guitar player. I like moved Paul to Richmond Reed-Smith over kinda.
1: him. I really?
0: him. Yeah, I wow. left San
1: Francisco. He left san francisco where i liked him there as a young young girl and he was like whoa child and then he moved to richmond and i literally moved to richmond to stalk him that and i did like newspaper on benches outside where i knew his bedroom window was uh-huh. and stuff like with a hole cut out and i mean Reading i didn't get like upside that.
0: down and uh uh-huh.
1: yeah totally <laughs> like no nah, there's a the little slit so i could see through I just like that, you know. I'll stalk someone for years and they will never know it, and I'll get over th- it before they even. They never might know it, you know, just because I'm probably weird. But
0: that w- I would never have picked him for you, and I had no idea about yeah, this. I don't and know like I either. Y- well, you guys all like these these guys that I put in the category of hippie guy, and like you like E. T. Hippie type guy. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: well, Ange launched him out of his hippiness.
0: Right now, he plays. She, him, right.
1: She um. Helped him come into his own, mm-hmm. and I think I did that with my past boyfriend too. I helped him come into his own.
0: So this is p- hippie love meets punk rock love, and you guys didn't, I don't think, necessarily identify with punk rock. It was more like kill your idols, like kind of classic, like we're just going to do whatever we want to do. You it's don't just even just
1: we just do what we want to do, yeah. And it maybe is a little more exciting or eccentric than your normal person. It's it's the overthinker yeah. in us.
0: Well, it's okay. So it's it's the dark side of the. Whereas these guys are kind of like on the pretty light side. Like I mean, the way will I remember okay. Nate is this long mm. curly haired, like fucking Kenny G looking, Pat Metheny looking guy coming downstairs with his fancy a classical guitar or his Paul yeah. Reed Smith. Well, and, the and thing with Nate,
1: know. Nate's form of artist is that. He is just completely self-centered. The self-centered artist. And that uh-huh. makes a really good artist.
0: Self-centered, like narcissistic? Yeah, uh-huh.
1: like it's all about them. And I know mm-hmm. a few yeah. other
0: He's a guitar player.
1: people that are like that, too. <laughs> and it makes them good artists. Yeah. I think it might actually be... I mean, look at Picasso. Well, you it know, they were the all confidence like cheater, to, yeah. womanizers, right. liars. You know, like... Alcoholics. There and it's.
0: It's too bad we couldn't see you pointing at that keyboard. (laughs) 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 You said I'm not supposed to
1: say anything that I don't want anyone else to hear.
0: Well, the people have to read listen between the lines Mm -hmm. for that one. But okay, so the original lineup we got Angie, we got Tammy, Nate, uh, who was on drums.
1: I don't remember his name. I think it was Chris, but they used to call him Popcorn. I saw him (laughs) walking in an alley a few weeks ago. (laughs) But because he played like a popcorn maker. You (laughs) are destined
0: to live in an alley if your name is Popcorn. He wasn't living. He was just walking. Walking through an alley alley. looking for things to sell to buy more popcorn. hit
1: with a popcorn.
0: So okay so he's not around anymore. So that's the original uh, yeah, lineup. Yeah,
1: I think I I wasn't around really for that like the tail end. And then of course because he played like a popcorn maker, they moved on to bigger and better things. And there was a couple other drummers and then eventually I think we sort of landed on Dean Owen. Is another good guy another uh, guy
0: who really kind of got his start in a sort of a hippie thing he was playing in
1: yeah,
0: uh, Widespread Panic Shook. Wasn't no it? oh was it wasn't he in
1: Widespread no Shook was his pro- yeah, yeah it was something like he, that he,
0: had, he, did, he was in that band before they blew up
1: if you he ever hear that he's be like what the goddamn? damn well, no <laughs> no. I'm going to interview
0: him actually because I just went to see Iggy He'd Plop be a the good other one. night I and wanted
1: to go was it good
0: yeah and what I realized at first I was like that's uh, another one of these fucking cover bands where the guys are just trying to like Make something off of some other band's yeah. legacy. But Dean is actually using that as a performance art thing. Like he's doing stand-up yeah. and he's telling jokes and he's...
1: Because he actually is a true performer.
0: Yeah, he's he it's is the a whole true act. performer. It's mm-hmm. He's actually made something of his own out of it. Yeah, you know, he's interpreted it. Right. I mean, they may be using those songs, but it's almost like he's... He's fucking uh, one of those old Catskills comedians who also does a bit of song and dance while yeah. you know he's out there, and he just happens to be using this instead of like some other songbook. Cover song band, book. crack
2: me up, yeah. Like and that. and
0: if you're gonna do it, you guys should do it like that because it's yeah. kind of and I'll get my ass kicked for this, but I think uh, the Apocalypse dudes are taking it a little too far because they've totally made remade Turbo Negro in Richmond with Randy singing for the band and tab as Euroboy and uh, all of this okay. and they're just i mean they've gone so far as they're, s- they're making videos they're doing all this stuff like it's their actual band yeah. Like they invented all this
1: something i read recently uh, uh it was on danny you know brown sabbath and i yeah. singing for da- brown sabbath i think they had a gig and i but it's post something like i love my band and all i could think of was like it's not your band, right. honey. You didn't write any. And only that, but you go into like a British mode. Like a. Meanwhile, you love all the people in your band. You love the time that, that creates, and especially the scene that it creates because that music that people love Black Sabbath and it creates a very good, so like cool rockin' atmosphere. Yeah, you're love loved because right. that band was so awesome and people mm-hmm. really love them, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and you're reaping the feelings, you know, the emotions that, that mu- they they did, they made with their music. And, okay, it is real that you love all the people there and the feelings that you're getting from, you know, the attention and singing. And you're a great singer and you're a performer. But I guess to me, it's just like, like I don't do cover songs. Yeah. Because I have too many of my own. Why would I even do co- I I love music. I listen to music all day. I play music all day. But... I just wouldn't ever play someone else's. Yeah, I can't. I, I suck right, at it. Right. I mean,
0: that's the thing. Is it's hard. as uh, it, it's really hard to. I mean, it's not for some people, especially they know how to read music and shit, mm-hmm. to learn other people's songs, and do them, and, and really, it wasn't until the '60s that bands did start writing their own songs, like as a thing. Like yeah. the, the Rolling Stones were just doing everybody else's. Well, shit. Well, they did
1: standards. Someone right. would write it, and then like, well, you know, like.
0: I mean, sh- they the were doing Chuck Berry they songs, and I think standards. Chuck Berry may have written those songs. But you know, uh-huh. there were a lot of people who were writing songs for Chuck Berry, and a lot of people writing songs for. Well, Nashville.
1: I mean, come on, right? They just had like the group of songwriters that they bought the songs from, right. and then the p- the faces they put it with,
0: right? And you so know. you know, that was what people did. You know, I mean, they wrote a they they pr- there were performers, and then there were writers, and mm-hmm. you know, like Billie Holiday, for instance. You know, a lot of people are doing just standards. Cole Porter shit. That's yeah. the standards, right? She and wrote, then,
1: didn't she, Billie Holiday?
0: She, I think she may have written something. Lyric. I'm not going to go out on a limb either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we could look it up. But the point is, is, I mean, there is a tradition to this, and it is... But you got to watch how much, I think, just me sitting here judging it, you know, is like, watch how much you own take it on as if it were your thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, now, and, and again, in the case of Brown Sabbath, they don't like try to look like him. No, you know. they just do. Right. <laughs> well, Denny <I> doesn't. <laughs> Denny looks no, like no, Drew Carey right. doing you're right. Ozzy. He sounds oh, like I love him, but Denny. he doesn't look Oh, like he's
1: an amazing voice, yeah. Yeah, and,
0: and E.T. doesn't look like anybody really mm. in that band. And
1: he's amazing too, yeah. So,
0: I mean, that's different. And I don't. I, I always give them a break there. It's like when you 100% yeah, play that Halloween dress up and have it
2: It becomes a novelty
0: thing. So recognize, all right, if it is a novelty, then that is what it is. But if you're going to be like, oh, no, this is me for real, then that starts to get tricky, I think, just psychologically. It just starts to be like...
1: This is me for real because what that is is... And this is you know, why I say, um, even though I might not like all kinds of music, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty selective on the kinds, but as for going to see live bands... Besides, like you know, some super jam bands, I can't take that stuff really. But I love to see live any any live. I will even mm. if I don't listen to your music, I would love to see live because you're yeah. up there doing it. And yeah. the real risk is is you are creating something that you created, not not covering, and you're putting it out there at risk for everyone to judge. Yeah.
2: it's a vulnerable thing. It's scary, that, yeah. and it takes
1: a big person, a big personality, mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And it, especially if it involves your face. And your voice yeah. and your hands and your skill and it's not like oh, i wrote this and you can go read it without looking at me or, you know i painted this and go look at that but now i'm right, gonna hide right. over here but like
2: you gotta stand right
0: there yeah man. and uh-huh. face
1: it all with your face and everyone there to judge you and i always give it to them man, props because yeah. i know when i'm up there like i love it and hate it but i don't have a choice you know like for as an artist for me there's no other choice for me but that's why it's like you know I I love it. Like, get yourself out there and put it out there because it's it speaks hugely to your truth, you know, yeah. to your soul and your body. And, and that's who something you are. that you and I
0: appreciate. And I I mean I I think that that's a that's a uh, some might say an overthinking of it, but that there's yeah. room for that. I don't believe in this idea of overthinking. I mean you think as much as you think, and there is that's how you 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 know you like babies put everything in their mouth to experience it yeah. like everything goes through my brain and yeah. like i and i spent and i and I was you know oh well,
1: when you obsess over it i swish it around in
0: there it can be a problem but it's also it makes you, know. you
1: cry than you ever thought it
0: yes sure <laughs> it, i mean it's a balance i honestly believe it's a balance thing you know yeah take it in it's there but let balance. go of it don't let it stay in there too long don't yeah. don't fret don't get to the fretting yeah. I don't have a lot of control over that. I'm, no, I'm, I'm it's very that, difficult
1: to control. That's part of the enlightened thing. You have to. There's so many things of walking a, you know, edge of a blade. And it takes
0: practice. You know, yeah. and that's like what they muscle. C- mm-hmm. That's what they call mm-hmm. meditation a practice, and, and yeah. that practice is about watching those thoughts in your head and and having an observational, yeah. objective place, and go. You know. This isn't my reality. This is one of many realities. This yeah. is a story that is going on in my Someone's head. Someone's looking
1: at my life and they think it's like this, and mm-hmm. it actually
0: including they, me. Yeah, like I, I'm looking writing, at it
1: a different way. I'm
0: judging it, and like the mm-hmm. more I, you know, the more you judge other people, the more you're turning that on yourself, and you're judging yourself as wanting or lacking or whatever. Mm-hmm. If that's how you're, is that the filter that you look on the world with, and that's the filter you look on yourself with? Well, you that
1: falls with that statement that you can't love anyone truly until you love yourself because you're not going to give anyone else more than what you're going to give yourself exactly and even if you say yes i know no i love you so much right and i think you're what now you're I'll doing is weight. great but what i'm doing <laughs> is stupid and i'm ugly you know yeah you're not gonna give someone more and it, it's just a natural even though you can say it but it's really a, it's you cannot give anyone else more than what you're going to give yourself. Right. And I've seen it so many times and I've heard people, now you can love without loving yourself. And it's like, tr- well, you might think what you're feeling towards me is love, but really you're just giving me the same that you give yourself, which isn't
2: No,
0: it's, it's actually putting you on some kind it's of a actually pedestal. Ex- and saying.
1: It's hugely judgmental. Mm-hmm. You're tough on yourself and you're judging me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And usually in, in the early stages of relationship, if you're that kind of person that's really full of self-loathing you start off with like oh thank god there's this new source of light in my life yeah. and i'm so into this person and you can't I, you know? do that i right.
1: said that so many times like i cannot be the only way that you're happy right but you can't put that on me yeah it's too but, much well and it, it never Which lasts pressure. and
0: then like you know the without you making any change you're getting away from the mic over there
1: i the my leg <laughs> shin you guards.
0: get away from um that person can be the same person, but then you come re- return to your natural state of dissatisfaction, and the same yeah. person now is the source of all your problems. It's they were the the, the, source the of answer to your dreams, and yeah. now it's the source of all your problems. That's crazy.
1: That's exactly what just happened with my my recent mm-hmm. ex. That's yeah. exactly what. That's uh, crazy. You know, it's
0: an old story. And there's not. Just like they say about fiction, there's only like five or six stories, there's only, f- you know, there's even less relationship models. You know, because there's a pretty finite amount of ways that people act in these relationships, you know. And I don't
1: know. They're all so different. Everyone's so different that there's it's just little fine so. tuning things. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I think they look different. There's different set dressing Detail, on it. Detail, <laughs> Yeah.
1: It's all romaine. Just depends you, you, on what dressing you put on. There's a few it.
0: different versions. There's uh-huh. the pair that is like a unit, but they do different things mm-hmm. and they don't do I don't them like together. That, that right? doesn't work for me. Then mm-hmm. there's the pair that do everything together, and that still doesn't always work out. No,
1: I don't like everything either. It just you just have to have your common dream or well, common like passion.
0: Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon, you know, they uh, were in a band together for some, like 20 years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that didn't work out just recently. He's taken up with some other... Yeah, see, the men. thing is,
1: humans aren't monogamous. And especially there's this. We're, n- we're not. Men do want to spread their seed right. all over. Right, And this is a problem with, the you know, why marriage is so outdated, obviously mm-hmm. cuz before women needed that to even be on the map right. if not you are a spinster but nowadays we don't need to well, be married and, and if you're to count. primitive
0: you need if you if you, if if, you, if i do succeed in impregnating you uh, if if my progeny is going to survive then i'm going to have to take care of you while you're pregnant yeah you that
1: know? but that's you know that's only you can't a period fend of time. for yourself you know and I, there's this aspect if you're mentally okay so you're you're trying to spread your seed but if you're mentally getting fulfilled by someone like you need conversation and mental fulfillment you know if you're that kind of person which most people are then if someone starts to grow and change and the other one doesn't let it morph and and vice versa like if you can't swing and sway with each other you
0: don't have the same amount of give it's gonna it's like roots are just gonna fight it's too rigid if it's too rigid it's gonna break yeah so it's
1: like the henry and june i was talking about you know, they let their relationship morph and swing and sway. Well, it's cool sway. that that's how
0: you remember it, but it's actually, you know, June was, like, drove him crazy. He was was it? That's why he ran away? He was extremely jealous. I mean, he was I have a romanticized right. version of
1: their relationship. Really. That's
0: what I want. No, that's what he had with Anais Nin. Okay. Yeah, in a way, because she seeing. was married to somebody else, and they were yeah. lovers and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he, June was this shit-talking like uh, oh, man. taxi girl da- taxi dancer that he met like you know you pay a nickel and you get to dance with him uh-huh. and she, they're dancing and he's talking to her about like Winesburg, Ohio and, and Dostoevsky and all this shit okay. and she's like you should be a writer and he's like well I am a writer she's like, and she's like but what's stopping you from oh actually writing he's like well I got this wife and these kids she's like fuck that Uh, Anise said that? No, June. Oh, June. June's like nineteen and he's thirty five or something and married and has kids. Right. So he just decides she talks him into this and they're gonna just take off for France. (laughs) And so he goes. She (laughs) pays for him to go. But the where she gets the money from is working all these wealthy men who she's kind of a hoe. Like she's she's like I don't know if she's screwing these guys or what, but she's getting money from them. Yeah. Um so that she can set him up there and so she sends him off to Paris and she's not there. He gets to know Anais Nin and all these yeah. other people while he's kind of crumming around in yeah. Paris and writing. And so, you know, he and Anais have a connection for the rest of their lives. They're both writers. Yeah, maybe and that's
1: the connection I'm talking about, where you know that that person you're connected with them, and right. no matter what it's not going to go away. You know? Yeah. Your and your and relationship but that those usually
0: don't, that kind of a thing usually doesn't turn into a, it never was for them. They were never a couple. Yeah. They no, were never it, living but together. But it was a anything.
1: truer relationship than, yeah.
0: than most people happened. who are
1: married. Yeah, and that, guy, that
0: guy fucked over a fair amount of people that he did commit to. Yeah. You know. It's
1: commit. This is yeah. <laughs> back to the commit thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't pick. You can't say, I'm committed to you. Because it's like once you say it, like you got your name tattooed on you. Uh, some people are divorce. okay
0: with that, but we're not the, those kinds of people. No, really. maybe and that's more so. Some people it. don't give it any thought. I mean, I, I got a cousin who has been with, you know, he, the, he and his wife have been together since they were in college. They're and told, this is, uh, this
1: is what you're supposed to do, well and if you do would. it.
0: No, I mean, I think they really wanted that. There really wasn't any question. Like, they they're like happy, each other that they're much. They're safe. Just, yeah. They're
1: secure. It's secure. Neither
0: one of them could live in this place or any of the places that I've lived. Yeah. You know, they're not into that. You know, they... I do know.
1: My ex, my ex, my ex. My ex, he wouldn't live in a warehouse. I tried When I first met him, I was looking at a warehouse a couple blocks up, and I was like, it's perfect. Yeah. There's a room, and there's a and we can make this our studio over here, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no effing way. Yeah. Like, I need a house. And I'm just like, wow. Some of you know us know really what?
0: like this idea that this yeah. is a multi-purpose space, that we can rearrange the space whenever... Because you
1: prioritize your art, well, for an artist, you prioritize, or whatever you are, your... Project, your goal, your big thing in your life that you're working on at mm-hmm. the time, you prioritize that over just living comfortably. Yeah. That takes. But this a is comf-
0: more comfortable to me in general to have like this kind because of a space. Because you're that free I can to. Yeah.
1: You're the only thing there is to do here in Ruby Rogue. This this warehouse is your art. Yeah. You could try to watch a VHS over there, but it literally lasts like ten minutes before you're like, oh, I'm gonna go play keyboards or oh, I'm gonna go paint or whatever, yeah, yeah. or hula hoop or roller skate or whatever the hell. Feel like doing in here, but you know what I've um, thought about recently? um, Matchmaking is that you know my theory that, or I'm the kind of person that you have to do your passion with your Mm -hmm. other. That's that's someone who's significant to you. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
1: Is that you need to find one thing like uh, an art school when. They give you three words, you know, like describe something in three descriptive words, and everyone can make something, and it's all different. But it all, you know, they interpreted those three words. You just find like one thing that sort of encompasses. So, like that, the your dream or dream match. I don't even care if I'm alone for the rest of my life. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like I'm not like I need to find a boyfriend. I, I don't care actually at all. Apathy, but to me. That one word is waltz.
0: Waltz, yes. If
1: you can waltz with me, mm-hmm. if you learn the waltz, and and we waltz together. I mean,
0: well, that's a great, okay, sing so a like dance this under moonlight model is with like me, you know, right, whatever. Blah, a waltz blah, 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 is, a, is a dance that you agree on. You know? Well, it's
1: extremely simple. Right. But doing it with someone, if if you are connected with them, it will be extremely effortless right. and it's beautiful right
0: but simple it's a partnership yeah but it's not something that either of you made up so you get to have the uh okay
1: <laughs> we're doing a little podcast thingy oh right now
2: yeah, oh yeah.
1: We're can we say
0: hi, hi. yeah we're no it's not it won't be till later like we're recording it on my laptop and then we put it up That's
2: not you no no you can
0: you can be welcome to you know be around while this is going on we're just having hey everybody. let's get some devil horn it's like brooklyn
1: as in brooklyn new york but i'm from las vegas (laughs) brooklyn las vegas
0: but you're originally from maryland right
1: maryland no she was the the first three kids are mark and andrew born in hollywood Brooke was born in san francisco and then me and the rest of them were born in dc
0: so what was with all the moving around
1: I don't know. Our parents were just crazy Not a little in bit. Not the
0: army or anything?
1: No, like they were both biochemists.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, wa- I want to get at the Ultra Bait story, you mm-hmm. know, like, th- and this causes we a lot of me We need meandering. to get
1: more more info because I feel like, one, a lot of it's sort of <laughs> faded into oblivion, my memories. And actually, recently, I had to get Dean to detag me. Did you see that off the wrestling videos?
0: Uh, well, I that you told him to, but I didn't even see where he had the videos. Like were they on, on YouTube. It? If you Googled oh, my name. Okay, it wasn't on Facebook. It was on no, YouTube. No. Okay.
1: If you Googled my name, everything that came up was like Jello, Slut, Wrestling, Ultra Base. And there's a video <laughs> of me winning. Right. And I'm like in the back of Alley Cats going up the back stairs. And I'm just like freaking out and like cussing and screaming and like. Oh, it's just, and I'm in this like skin tight jello uniform, you know, I look like I'm basically naked, you know, because you can see my,
2: it it was like
1: a flying leotard or, you know, a trapeze leotard sequence and, but it's jello stuck down. So you can literally like see every crevice of my naked body and fishnets and whatever. And so... And that was okay um,
0: if it was lost in the oblivion of a drunken night with people in a club but not recorded not on YouTube on for my people tat. to watch anytime. Yeah, you yeah. put
1: my name in and that's really like the top three things that you see on me. So anyone mother, I was applying for yeah. jobs, <laughs> I was like, why am I not getting all these freaking jobs? Oh. And then I finally, I, like one guy was like, um, something like, I googled your name and I was like, really? And then I was like, oh. You know, and I was like, holy crap! Yeah, this is like the first thing everyone's seen. Like,
0: See, what, I'm not
1: embarrassed of it. I just need to choose who gets to see that right, for as, see, as my, their first and only impression of this me. This is
0: the problem with the internet. It's like, that was meant to be an act one night. Yeah, they know. don't
1: realize that it was like...
0: Well, yeah, but you didn't also... you. You can put your body up there like that, uh, and you can be wrestling with fucking Dave Brocky and Jello, mm-hmm. and doing all that kind of shit when everybody in the room is <laughs> drunk and it's like this crazy fog. It's nobody wants to see. At the time and the place, it was day.
1: the correct action.
0: Sure, and nobody yeah. and nobody expected mm-hmm. that to be recorded for posterity. Mm. I mean, I know, I think you guys did well, videotape sure, it, obviously. sure. I mean, everyone would
1: like to look back at But not put on the
0: internet and then, like, anybody... For,
1: yeah, for, like, places to judge me without it's ever almost talking like to you. like a me. Uh,
0: sex tape, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is.
1: It's like... I, but he untagged me and I it's not it's funny to but me because actually if you if you wouldn't hire me because of that then I probably wouldn't last very long with well, you we can working we could sum up the anyway. ultrabate
0: around this. Okay? It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter like how many who was in the band and who wasn't in the band. Mm-hmm. You tend to think of it as an all girl band at least I do but it wasn't ever. There's always about half and half. Yeah. Like, but it was well, fronted Tammy by women Ange and were
1: always and then well Brooke and Loop em Up Lisa, Brooke mm-hmm. stepped uh, yeah, in yeah. for a while so
0: yeah, I remember when Lisa was in there. The was uh, always another hippie three that got girls, into
1: two, one boy or two boys, two girls. Was there five?
0: There's usually uh, the been singer? a guy and uh, two guys in the band at any. Particular yeah, band it was harmony. always
1: a lead guitarist and the drummer. Were always boys, and then right. rhythm bass and singer were always girls. Right. Yeah. So
0: yeah, yeah you think of this as a. As a girl band and that it was that was the energy that was really being promoted in that band the guys were in the background they were just uh, you know basically supporting come on
1: everyone knows that I mean
0: I never really there's certainly a sex element to it but it wasn't gratuitous. It wasn't lurid. It wasn't even stripper. No. It was more like, fuck you, yeah, these are my It was my and sister's like, you know. drunk
1: and she just ripped off my bubble wrap outfit that I yeah. made in the van on the way over here mm. and it's only the first song and now I'm in a thong and X's on my nipples on stage. Great. That's right. more so what kind of sexy it was. So
0: it was celebrating like, and maybe this is cheesy like rock journalism way of talking about it or even, you know, some other kind of like poetics of it. Mm-hmm. But what it seemed like to me is it's like a whole bunch of undefined like girl energy happening all at the same time. And you get to yeah. say how you want to do it. And it's, And the guys were supportive enough of it. They were cool enough guys. Are you kidding? They just want to like, totally. yeah, we'll, we'll fucking set the stage. and let They this loved mess, it. Yeah. Are you
1: kidding? They fought for it. Yeah. To, you know, for those positions. <laughs> I mean, positions. even Trip. <laughs> yeah. Even Trip Ollivstad. Yeah, lots of people. He filled in on tour. For them, like, I don't know who. Drums? Yeah, drums, and he just filled in on a tour. And actually, when he was on tour with Ultra Bait is when I found out I was pregnant with Olive. And I told my sister, and I was like, they're on tour, in New Orleans or something. And I was like, I'm pregnant, but don't tell Trip. I know he's down there.
0: <laughs> so, so for me, coming back from Bleh. New York, like I, I left for New York not really understanding what the original spirit of like punk rock was. I, I thought of it as like it's just fucking guys with mohawks. I mean, You're I knew the Ramones, but like, no, I just didn't relate to like the way that I, I just thought it was nastiness and like spitting mm. on people and like bullshit and like basically immature. D- you know, destructive crap, right? Yeah. And and then I get up to New York and I end up working for a record label that is really in the tradition of the old New York punk, like more like the Richard Hell type mm-hmm. people and the Tom Verlaine, mm-hmm. you know, like more intellectual, like uh, you know, the Patty Smith kind of side of things. Yeah. And one of them gives me a book. One of the g- owners of the label gives me a book, uh, pre-punk history for a post-punk world. Uh-huh. At that point, I start playing music, and then I realize, oh what this is really about is having the balls to do something, even though you don't have the training or the skill or the education or any of that. You just do it. You just take a guitar, you get some people well, together putting, and you,
1: having yeah. the balls again to put yourself out there for judgment. Right. For everyone so to look at you standing there naked. Pretty so
0: much, you know. So in leaving Richmond I my like, and when I came back to it, knowing that about music, I realized, god damn, most of the bands in this ty- town are really fucking uptight. They take themselves really in seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in Richmond. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like whether they're doing the, the math that. rock thing. They've spent all this fucking time in their practice spaces working out some riff and all of these changes and shit. Or their
1: music students. And,
0: and they're, I mean, I, I don't know tr- I've gotten in trouble with this in the past when I was writing for Punchline, but it's like, it's very like chicken shit to me uh, yeah you're putting yourself up there on the stage but before you went up there on the stage you, you spent all this time in your practice space getting it they're leaving
1: nothing to chance yeah or um i hate to say but like improv or, or right jam like you know like they're leaving nothing you're leaving no space
0: for for like you know the thing the magic for to the artistry yeah, yeah of
1: performing and it's they
0: were all so uptight about it and so jealously guarded their skill at least that's the way it seemed to me and then i came back here and like there's this one band there's you guys that are like we were very
1: different than the other bands going on You can't play doesn't
0: matter you can play your songs and those were good songs and I remember talking to other guys that you know were we're more skilled musicians they're like well that girl Tammy can barely play and I'm like she doesn't have to be able to play any better she freakishly rocks though yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean that's this is rock and roll like who cares like and she so was
1: more rock and roll than a lot of those other dudes that's yeah. for sure and,
0: and of course this is the story over and over again like in the history of like punk rock in New York and you mm-hmm. know there were so many of these bands that like got up at CBGB's on Wednesday Cobain night yeah, yeah couldn't fucking play so we have that that conceit that Richmond has some fucking artsy, punk, you know, uh, hardcore scene, but it's seriously fucking uptight. There's a clenched asshole behind it. Yeah. And, like, I saw you guys as, like, you know, you're just putting on the strap on and, like, mm-hmm. let's, let's loosen up the asshole a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Totally. And And it was, I mean, for me, as, like, a guy who had now been steeped in all this fucking, you know, history around this shit, I came back and you guys were all I wanted. Thank God, huh? You know, it was all I wanted to see. Yeah, Yeah,
1: you totally were dubbed as our number one fan for a while, weren't you? Yeah. That's what I think I told Rick Cassidy yesterday when I was... something you came up. I don't know why, but it wasn't anything bad, don't worry. And... (laughs) I was like, you remember Curtis Painter? And he's like, no. And
0: um, I was like, what? yeah, our number
1: one <laughs> fan. He was like, yeah, I do remember your number one fan. Like, <laughs> he Oh come on, face. man!
0: He had to remember me from fucking serving him drinks. I Caricy know, Day right?
1: I was like, you. I was like, you would know if
0: Rick you're painted that hippie mural on the yeah, side. Yeah, he recently right? just had to like touch
1: it up too. Yeah. It was just funny to me.
0: Another one. I mean, and that was another great thing about you guys. You didn't like care about these so-called like divisions between scenes and groups and whatever it's like you know Rick, Rick Cassie total fucking hippie dude with long golden blonde hair so he appeared and like but he's yeah just no
1: he's not though once right. you get to know him he's actually pretty like fucking twisted yeah. in his mind well I that's guess that's important. the reality
0: of all the hippies is they yeah really, you have
1: gotta you gotta look no deeper you can't just be like hippie person
0: yeah and all of you were really good like that but like the Richmond that I came out of was very like insular like this is the scene of these characters over here. This is the scene of these characters over here. They yeah. they don't like the hippies. They don't like the rich kids. the scene
1: yeah. stir. cuz I feel like even like with what I do, like like definitely beat driven dance music and I even like spin fire and do all these things. Like I can't really gel with any of the Gallery 5 people. Like there's it's so clicky that I literally can't even like break in. And it's not even that I, I want to or care to, you know. But it's just weird to me that, I, like, I would be someone that is parallel, but they're just such a click. Yeah. And I see a lot of other places like that too. It's like Carrie Street; they want to be seen as like super hippies. Like they they want to be classified.
0: They don't, I don't think of themselves as hippies, though, because like they think. I mean, when I talked to people who like. There was this kid, Dewey. Do you remember Dewey? I ran yes. into him doing landscaping stuff recently. You saw him recent? Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah, he seems fine. Yeah. He, he was like, like
1: off the deep end really? last time I saw him. Like bad news. Really? I thought.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wasn't I'm around. Sorry
1: if you weren't Dewey. If you hear this, but.
0: Well, he, I mean, he basically alluded to like he's like, yeah, I had to you know get out of the food service thing and. Landscaping. Many of us make that choice. It's like, I need to work in the daytime instead of the nighttime. Yeah, yeah. I hate
1: food (laughs) services.
0: But anyway, I mean, most of those guys, they don't see this, like the jam band people, whatever. They don't see this as some, they don't call themselves hippies, really. Not all of them. Like, a lot of them are just like, no, I like fish. I guess serving
1: the 14 years of serving people at Cary Street, it just, I mean, you got, I got to see a very distinct scene. Yeah. And, it, and I could pick it out of anywhere but now. They like, you know, like
0: they like DJ music. They like tri- hip-hop. Yeah, they, they like really
1: like Radiohead and every yeah. other thing, which Radiohead speaks to a lot of different genres, but... So I hate genres. And when people are like, what do you sound like? Or what's your genre? It's like, I don't. I hate that. I yeah. hate the clicks. Yeah. That's for
0: marketing. And it really doesn't... It doesn't, you know, sh- doesn't speak to me You can me hashtag as many things onto it as you want to mm-hmm. nowadays. It doesn't have to be in one. Well, was did really I just so hashtag to onto
1: my soulmate? I hashtag my soulmate with waltz.
0: Yeah. Well, so um, we're, we're looking for somebody who's going to waltz. with.
1: Maybe I should start going to dance classes. Dance lessons. Actually, I have a dream about. I literally was a dream, but then I really want to do it. Well, in the dream, I once sold roses downtown in this little like Spanish outfit, and then right after that, I went to a club where I gave waltz lessons. Mm -hmm. I had my partner on stage, and I had people dressed appropriately Mm -hmm. that came for the waltz lessons. And then I, because I write a lot of waltzes, and then I so I played my waltz set. For them to play, like sort of like salsa dance lessons, like uh-huh. you go and learn, and then they so play salsa three, music. Do, 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 yeah, do, do, do. one two three, one mm-hmm. two three. It's very cute. This
0: was a dream, or is this something you want to do? It was
1: a dream, and then when I woke up, it's actually on my desktop where it says, "Thank God I had that dream." And then I wrote the whole dream because I wanted to remember that, like, oh yeah, that's something I need to do—is give waltz lessons. Okay, so we, we first got I have to find my partner, though. I don't have a partner.
0: Well, you know that 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 person is out there and I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure you know, well maybe we'll Waltz. find up through this when, when I post this up here we'll, we'll put on some contact information on Wal- I'll no. be doing an introduction and if, if there are any shows coming up for you like I'll tell that. people to check you out and you know we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll find oh, a nice PO a nice <laughs> <Walter>. <laughs> We, we could find a P.O. box. Maybe they could drop uh, letters into Ew, or or
1: We already have a, a few stalkers address. here, actually. Yeah, really? Yeah. Between Brooke and I living here, we've had to put the shutdown on a few scenarios.
0: But this is just, uh, this chunk of holstery. you were talking about people slaughtering goats and lambs and shit yeah, in the backyards. It's in the alley behind us a couple blocks down, yeah. So these are like Muslim dudes, Arabs? Yeah, and there's a lot Somali of, like, I
1: guess,. Muslim churches and stuff around Mosques. here. Yeah. They're all very judgmental of us. They don't like us.
2: Well, yeah, you're women doing it. We're
1: women. Th- yeah, they cool. wouldn't shake our hands when we were looking at other warehouse faces and stuff. It's awesome. But we live like in the thick of it. And not only that, but we're promiscuous and loud and
0: you play better rock watch music. You get stoned over here. In the Who? Stoned. They might stone you. Like That's what they yeah.
1: do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we get stoned. No. We don't get stoned here.
0: Everybody.
1: I just wear a scarlet letter. that's
0: all. <laughs> I was c- driving up the street, though, and I saw this total, like... I mean, a black kid out here on the waiting for the bus who looked like he's obviously, like, a hipster. But he was wearing a denim vest. He had the oversized horn rim glasses that you buy, like, Hot Topic. Nice. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, a whole fashion, like, Hot Topic outfit, yeah. like hipster thing. Black kid standing on the street out here, and I'm like, how is he not getting his ass kicked on Hull Street right now? now obviously this, this trip is, like
1: is full of characters. It's it's not bad and I like it because it's a Motley Crew and I just I feel more comfortable here than like, you know, at a First Fridays yeah. or anything. And I know this because um, doing the flea markets recently like I, I skip around every every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to different ones and there, there's Azalea's and Bellwood or something. I still can't, can't remember it's Belmont. Do they still
0: do the one at the drive-in movie theater?
1: Yep, that's oh. Bellwood or what that's the one I did Sunday. East
0: it, is uh, that? No, that's
1: in Bubba's parking lot. That's um,
0: on Williamsburg Road. Oh yeah. Road. Well, I've there's done another that one at the drive-in though. That's uh, uh, near here JD,
1: on you just go straight up JD. That one's huge. There. Yeah. I was on the. I was there Sunday. The screen
0: is still there in that. Part, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy big. It's but where the bowling alley is, before right? Before. Well, there's one on uh, where the uh, Belt Boulevard and.
1: Oh no, that's Siebert's Towing now with the screen still there. Oh. And okay. the bowl the duck pins in that yeah, Southside yeah, yeah, Plaza. Yeah, but, um, oh, before I started hopping around the flea markets, I was just lugging all my shit out on the sidewalk here, just like I'm just gonna start mm-hmm. somewhere somehow I want a thrift store, and so I'm just gonna <laughs> put Did it you out, sell there. out there Yeah, I'd make you know a little bit like hundred or so a day. It was it's rough, long hours and a lot of physical work, but I met every single person that walked by, and we had a pretty good conversation, especially since you know my items are sort of oddities and eclectic at best and so you know a lot of people had a lot to say or questions about my items Mm -hmm. but you know they think i'm weird and i look at them and it's like they literally look like they walked out of like an insane asylum (laughs) but this is like the people here and Mm -hmm. it's fun like even like going across the street to the dollar general this morning it was like like people that uh, like, the kind of person that looks like is going to stab you by just the way they look like like a girl that's staring at you with her eyes, but as soon as you get up on her, and you're like,
2: hi,
1: you know, and they're like, hey, girl! You know, so it's... It's just better, you know, like, it really... It might appear to be one way here, but it really is actually a more earnest and honest
2: mm-hmm. community
1: and mm-hmm. sense of feeling here, you know, like... And my brother, you know, walked across the country for... To raise money for AIDS or what, or cancer, and I always felt criticism towards him because he did it to raise, you know, awareness and build communities stronger and that's always what he said. But meanwhile, you know, being in each place less than a night, what what do you know about a community? Yeah. You know, yeah. like I taught the little boy next door drums mm-hmm. and I know he has issues. I know his mom yells at him. You know, like I know when he goes to school and when he dips school. Like, and I, I know who his friends are, and I know he broke in and stole my spray paint out of the backyard. You know, like, yeah. and that's that's my community. Yeah, and I know that, and I help him. Like when yeah. he when I made beef stew, and he didn't had never had homemade beef stew. He in what is this? And I fed him a bowl, and he wanted another one, and another one, and, and you know, like that's your community. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll take this any day over like I'm too cool for school. Look at all the art I made. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah, and this Stephen. is like, it gives you the context for all of that stuff. I mean, it's like you, 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 did, you didn't drop in here, and this is the thing that, you know, a lot of times is the, uh, you know, the the negative spin of the person who, like yourself who comes into one of these depressed neighborhoods that nobody cares about. It's like they don't want any part of the neighborhood. They just want the cheap rent, and they want to get in here and, and maybe turn it into a mm-hmm. Soho, and like have it, mm-hmm. you know, have it yeah. transform around them. But that's the great thing about Richmond, is that the neighborhood's never really changed that much. I mean, Churchill yeah. has changed since yeah. I my parents bought their house. It's taken a long time, though. It's <laughs> you know? been a slow process. Because we're just not going to, you know, we're not going to go that far. We're the not gonna cultural get
1: to the majority in Richmond is thick.
0: Yeah. I mean... Oh, I think they're being supplanted by all these people. VCU has gotten to be such a big school that the people are coming in here from elsewhere that don't know anything about all this history here, and they don't give a shit. And they're just like, "This is a nice place. It's right on ninety-five. You know, it's a river." There's there's
1: so many dark little corners, though.
0: Yeah, really dark
1: corners, and And that's what I'm saying. They don't touch them, right? Because who would walk into the dark corner? Mm -hmm. I do. I live in one, literally.
0: But and you have you are actually, uh, for lack of a better word, invested in being part of this community and you don't have a desire to just use it to your own end you you see being integrated into it no i'm
1: real like i my feet touch that ground outside and and i make these people (laughs) whether they're laughing at me or with me i you know but i make them smile and think something different than their normal day you know and
0: they you right yeah and they
1: they alter my thoughts sometimes too although i will say that this warehouse can be all-encompassing like you can forget that there is like a whole world out there after a few days of being in here Mm -hmm. straight you definitely like can go insane and like sometimes i'm like i just got to go drive i just have to get out of this house this warehouse and
0: talk to other people
1: and and touch someone else and (laughs) yeah
0: the black and the red, it's a little... Uh, yeah, the black ceiling in and the red. I it's the, it's you should let the tiles comfy. be, you know, that probably brighten it. up. No, know. they
1: were asbestos tiles, and uh. so um, and they were filthy. Uh. And even though we mop, 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 mop. mop and it's so big, the you know. red sort of sealed it, and then we sealed it with a kiss. No, sealed it with, you know, sealer, clear. And so the asbestos didn't break up. And, well, there is some broken tiles over there, but we had to seal it in. And... As well, the red helps the dirt not show as much. Which is this is a dirty place.
0: Yeah, so it's dirty. You it's a dirt rat hole. We've been talking for a long time, and you and I mm-hmm. can talk for a, a yeah. Lot we do longer. this. We're
1: really good. Yeah,
0: um, you know, and I didn't really. I'm not really, you know, cr- recording this conversation about. You as a musician, or about mm, promoting no, that? I'm just—you yeah. just happen to be a musician, and yeah, but that's—I'm just interested in talking. I wonder to you, if
1: people hear this and think that we're like, uh, like, spastic or ADHD. Well, no, like that's w- not even I like real, but.
0: Uh, yeah, just uh, meandering. Well, no, this is pretty much in the character of most of the uh, conversations I listen to that are recorded. Oh. People wander all over the place, and that's yeah. why I think they're interesting. you yeah. I like to f- follow where they go. Yeah, and they
1: say, oh yeah. well, what's the podcast about? Fuck <laughs> if I know. <laughs> it's called
0: tantric conversation. Tantric. Yeah, that's what we're doing. For y- tantric? Yes. No, <laughs> it's you know. It's just like get into it and see where it takes yeah. you. Yeah. So it really, yeah. that's all it's about. And I think we're going to have to just pick this spot to start winding it down. You know? Sounds
1: good. i got to go address a bug bite foot.
0: Yeah. Mm. So what are you going to do? Get some Benadryl or something? Yeah,
1: like that? I already doped her up with it.
0: <laughs> all right. Thanks. Yep. Bye.
1: Bye.